2: And then uh, specifically for a bunch of guys, including Dansby after, and Austin Riley, after we lost Ronald Acuna. I mean, talk about guys stepping up. But, yeah, last night a lot of people looked at it in the stat. I don't think people, I don't know if Braves fans knew that he was the cycle guy for the Braves two times now. And last night, man, he was dialed in. finally, Don Mattingly said, give him the walk. But uh, great game. A little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. Again, you just laid it out. We're 9-1, we're and one, while our two nearest competitors were going to combine 8-12. and 12. Okay, Phillies and Mets, you mentioned it. We're now three and a half up on Philly. But the game should never have ended like that. As a matter of fact, Will Smith should not have even been in the game last night. I agree. So, I mean, I- as much as I've been on Will Smith's case, there is a mindset to being a closer. And I just think it's not fair when you're kind of kicking back, spitting sunflower seeds, and now you've got to get into character when you thought this game was a laugher. And I don't, I don't ever want to see Tomlin on the mound again, to be honest with you.
3: You're up 11-3, guys, um, to Mike's point, point. and the Marlins scored six runs. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Will, Will we need you, Will. Right. Uh, it is a different mindset, and, and I don't blame anything on him. I know he gave him a home run, and all of a sudden things got tight. But Tomlin was awful last night. And in a game like that, Mike, I think what happened is, and this happens in the bullpen, you're looking up at the scoreboard, you're like, dude, we're up 11-3. It's a wrap. And I think you get a little relaxed. And then all of a sudden, when it's your time, Tomlin, you're going, okay. And now you go in and you're not fully mentally there. And and they just, it was like batting practice with Tomlin last night. And the Marlins weren't hitting anything. I mean, Charlie Morton was on point. So it, it is frustrating the way the game ended. But, again, Braves fans, we're winning. And I know, you know, we can nitpick and pick this thing apart, But I'd rather not do that because, you know what, we've done that all season. I'd rather live in the moment and say we're a winning ball club, we're a first-place team, yeah, I'm with Mike. Bad taste in my mouth, but I'll keep it moving day right. off today, and let's see what we can do against these Orioles. Because, guys, we got a chance to sweep four straight series. The Orioles are not a good team. We need to take advantage of them, Mike,
2: like we took advantage of the Marlins. Yeah, what are the Orioles lost now? 14 in a row or something oh. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, and again, I'm, I know with Tomlin, it just last night, come on, his role is mop-up duty, so his ERA is 18.56 <laughs> for the month of August. I'd rather see some guy from A do that than see this guy at this point. But. To your point. Now they get a day off. Hey, enjoy the beautiful Charm City, and then uh, going get, uh, get it on against the Orioles. It's now three and a half games up, as we mentioned. Freddie's on fire, and it was uh, certainly a wake-up call for some Braves fans who maybe haven't been paying attention to the contract, but everybody on social media, give Freddie a contract now. Not the way it's going to work, though. It's a dangerous game, though, if they if they irk Freddie. Everyone just thinks Freddie's going to go like a dog. Okay, I'll take that. I don't think that's the way you, you should treat a guy who's your greatest player. No,
3: I mean, ideally what should have happened is – that an extension, the right extension, should have been given to him in the offseason after an MVP season, and you go. Isn't it a, always more
2: expensive when you wait? Of course, you can't consummate like it did with John Collins and the Hawks. Absolutely,
3: it cost him twenty more million dollars, right? Ninety million. Here is ninety million. John's like, nah, I wait. It cost him twenty plus million dollars more because he he performed as such. Freddie has done that as well. But here is the thing, and this is the part that hurts me: to use the pandemic, okay. As a reason as to why you're not going to pay your best player, we're acting as if sports contracts stopped last year. They didn't. We're acting as if, oh well, we can't because you know this 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 pandemic thing. It was bad for everybody, but I'm here to tell you that the ownership of of, of the Braves still made billions of dollars last year, despite it being a down year. So to me, it's a lame excuse. When you know what this guy means to your franchise, and we act as if nobody signed contracts last year. It's just a falsehood. So that's what irks me, is they could have done it last year. They just didn't want to do it. So now, I'll be honest, I hope Freddie asks for the damn moon. I really do, because he deserves it. And he, you see, night in and night out, he's the heart and soul of your team. I love Acuna. There's no one more talented on this Braves team than Acuna, period. But the heart and soul of this team and the most consistent
2: guy is Freddie Freeman. And if you don't, in addition to, obviously, irking Freddie, I mean, Braves fans, I mean, I I know Braves fans are going to be apoplectic on this. And, you know, you said it. I've been to uh, four Braves games this year. There is a crowd everywhere. The battery is packed. And here's the other thing. You know, the battery, when we left my guys, I had my guys in town a few weeks ago. As we're leaving the battery, there's a line of cars coming into the red lot for people who just want to party. So, I mean, I don't want to hear it from Liberty Media about uh, being a holding company and all this. And, again, it, we it's nothing to get upset about because... There'll be time if this thing goes south. But it's just it's just kind of strange that your franchise player, the face of the franchise, and again, he and Acuna, you can argue about that. But, Freddie, for all the things you just laid out, should have had this deal, and you should never have had a drama, not even a ripple. And now we got this situation.
3: Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well, guys. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live. Live well. So we're up in the standings. Um, the Freeman thing is is just out there. And the only thing that you know, when you start saying, "Well, what's he done?" Last night was special, you know, to, to hit a double in the first. What's, what's he done? Put the team on his back. Since you yes. went out. I mean, hello. <laughs> a triple in the fourth, single in the fifth, and then you go, you go yard in your fourth at bat, and it's a two-run dinger. I mean, this wasn't, <coughs> this wasn't eight at bats, this wasn't seven at bats, four at bats, Mike, and he does,
2: he he hits for the cycle. That's impressive. Well, think about when Freddie was, like, sub-220, and we said, can he get to 250 by the All-Star break? He's batting 301. OPS now is over 1,000 since, you know, he got on this streak. It's 9.9, 99, uh, 919 for the season. Freddie is doing everything you expect him to do. So, yeah, man, pay that, man, pay that to man his money. He beats me. And meanwhile, now you got the O's, so let's hope. Don't let up, man. No foot off the gas. Tomlin, you stay in that bullpen. Never want to see you again, but good news last night as uh, the big inning. And it's still, isn't it funny how the Marlins still have to find a way to creep back in? even when their season is kaput. Yeah, they're, they're trying to play spoiler.
3: Um, and Don Mattingly would love to do that. You know, he didn't he didn't pull it off against us. We were able to get in and get out of there. But mm. they're, they're trying to play spoiler with not only us, the Phillies and, and the Mets. Listen, they're not winning this thing, but they got pride. You saw them throw, you know, their best pitcher, their young pitcher out there the other night. Last night, not so much. I mean, we just, we clobbered them. But uh, for me, Austin Riley, Duvall had three RBIs. Everybody up and down the lineup but again just performing
2: at a high level. So, oh, and by the way, the Marlins—did I hear that right last night on the Valley broadcast? They've walked in fourteen runs this season. Yeah, twelve, tied a franchise record last night with twelve walks, twelve in a game. But I mean to walk—I mean, I mean to bases loaded, walking in a run fourteen times in a season. Geez, Louise, and they, yeah. you know, and they're known for always having good young pitching. That's
3: that's 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 bad. I mean, that tells you how bad their staff is overall. That's a real bad number you don't want to be connected with. Hey, coming up, we're going to talk to uh, Safi Dean, USA Today, Dolphins, Falcons, guys. Now, today was the second practice. Apparently, it was a really good one today. Both both teams showing things. And a guy hit me up last night. He said, are the Dolphins one of these battles? Because there seems to be reports out there. Guys, it's a little bit of both. You're not going to win every one-on-one battle. But we said it. I just want to see flashes. So we'll find out what feed thinks. He also talked to our head coach. So we'll get the 4-1-1 on the Falcons down in Miami before the preseason game on Saturday night. It's coming up next on Dukes and Bell. Hey, the 2021 season for our Atlanta Hawks will be here before you know it. State Farm Arena. Cheer on the Hawks with the all-new season ticket membership option, guys. Stack Packs. And you can go customize your ticket packages, each featuring 10 fan-favorite-themed games. Learn more by visiting hawks.com slash stack, S-T-A-C-K. It's Dukes and Bell. Find us on social media. He is Mike Bell, A-T-L. I'm at put Him up see dukes the radio show, Dukes and Bell 929, and, of course, this radio station, 929 The Game. Follow us across all social media platforms. We want to say good afternoon to Safi Dean, USA Today reporter who's been down there covering the Dolphins and Falcons practices over the last couple of days. They, of course, will play on Saturday night right here on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, and we appreciate the time today. Um, You know, everybody wants to know who won, who lost, right? And when we talk about these these dual practices, these joint practices, it's always interesting to see the one-on-one battles, and you think, all right, if your guy won, that means your team had a really good day. You tell us what you saw down there today.
4: I think today the Falcons definitely – didn't one up the Dolphins like they did yesterday, um, especially at the end toward of practice today. Uh, Matt Ryan had some trouble in, in the red zone and, and two-minute work on the two-minute drill to end practice. Uh, some of the Dolphins' D-linemen had some sacks during that sequence to end practice. Whereas the day before, you know, um, you know the Falcons probably got the best of, of, of the Dolphins. Mainly, you know, Calvin Ridley looking really good against Dolphins cornerback Xavier Howard. Um, Kyle Pitts looking good against everybody on the first day. Um, the second day, maybe went to the Dolphins. I would be honest with you and tell you guys that.
2: Okay, let's focus on day one, Carl, down there in South Florida. Uh, <laughs> all right, Safid. <laughs> I know I read your, uh, your comments. Our defensive line looked pretty good against the Miami offensive line yesterday.
4: Yeah, but I would, I would take that with a grain of salt because I think anybody could look good against this Miami offensive line, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, these guys are kind of thin, a little porous. They're really young. Dolphins O-line, I think it has one, one real veteran, everybody else on a rookie deal. So, um, take that with a grain of salt. But Grady Jarrett is going to do what he always does. He's an animal. Dante Fowler, i followed him since UF. I'm a Gator myself. Sorry to all the, the dog fans out there. But um, Dante Fowler looks really good out there. Um, you know, this D-line is, is probably going to have, have to hold up this defense if you're looking at Atlanta. And in regards to offense, man, Matt Ryan, he's still, he's still, got, some, he's, he's still got some juice in that arm. And uh, nobody really runs a two-minute kind of like him. He is really, really methodical in how he, um, you know, examines the field, look through his progressions, and you look at the players that he has now, mainly just Ridley and Pitt. Um, Arthur Smith will tell you every other receiver on the roster, so nobody narrows in on those two guys. But I think Matt Ryan definitely has an offense around him that can definitely make some noise in the division this year. Um, it's, a, it's, it's about if the, de- if the defense can hold its own on the other end.
3: Sophie Dean guys USA Today. Now you also got a chance to talk to our coach Arthur Smith. What did you take from him? I mean, he's from what we've gathered, and again, we've heard him, we've had him on our show, he's just a pretty straightforward guy. I mean, he doesn't pull any punches, it's just kind of what it is. But what did he have to tell you in regards to our team?
4: Yeah, I thought it was really funny. I was asking him questions particularly about Kyle Pitts and particularly about Calvin Ridley. And and like I said, he liked to name every other receiver inside end on the roster when you try to narrow in on the most guys. Um, but the, the main point that he kind of gave to me was, you know, the, the Falcons, they're not going to run, you know, what he called 90s isolation b- basketball. It's not going to be Jordan right at the, at the top of the key going one-on-one against somebody. And that's what he hopes for on offense, too. He doesn't want to have to depend on Kyle Pitts to have to go one-on-one or Calvin Ridley to have to go one-on-one, although they are going to have to have those matchups if the Falcons are going to have any success this season. We know Kyle Pitts is coming into the NFL as one of the, you know, the best rated drop prospects in history. He's 6'6", 240-something pounds. He's a target. It seems like whenever he's on the field, the window to throw to him is is longer and wider and bigger than it is for most other players. And then you look at Calvin Ridley, who is one of the shiftiest receivers in the NFL. Um, now that he's not in Julio Jones' shadow anymore, or not that he, you know, maybe even was, I like to think the Falcons had two number ones instead of just one now that they have with Ridley. But, he's going to take the next step into becoming one of the big NFL stars at the receiver position, I, I believe. He's got the speed, he's got the shiftiness, um, and his hands are incredible. Um, so I think with those two guys, if they stay healthy and they're able to produce. I think Matt Ryan could definitely make some noise this year.
2: It is Safid Dean with his guys from USA Today. He's down there in, uh, I guess, Miami Garden. They've got the whole big practice facility next to the Hard Rock now. looks awesome. Safid, speaking of Kyle Pitts, I, I, I saw your comments. He had some one-on-ones. and How did battle with Rogo go today?
4: Uh, not really well for him today. You know, yesterday he started the day off in one-on-ones with two easy completions over Eric Rowe. He's the Dolphins veteran safety who who, um, guards the tight ends, mostly on defense. So Eric Rowe's seen Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and both those guys have worked in pretty well and he's held his own against Pitts. Today, um, you know, I saw three distinct plays that kind of jumped out to me was, you know, there was one in the back of the end zone and and the ball wasn't thrown high enough for Pitts, enough for Rowe to touch it and knock it out of his hands. And then there was two other plays where Rowe kind of used his body and the position on the field kind of near the sideline and near the back of the end zone to kind of push Pitts out. Um, so I'm looking to see a little bit more from body, you know, on a body control aspect from Pitts to see where he learns, where he is on the field, knowing to get two feet in, you know, using his leverage and his size against some of these defenders to kind of make some space so he can be in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, I think those are some next steps that he has to take. But, you know, just realize, too, uh, even though he's really, really talented and he's explosive with the football in his hands, there's still a lot for him to learn, you know, here in the NFL. What
3: would you make of Tua, Safed?
4: Um, I'm making a lot out of Tua, man. I was, uh, you know, before joining USA Today here as an NFL insider, I covered the Dolphins exclusively for three seasons. So I was really one that... um was big on, on the Dolphins drafting Tua, and and I was big on the Dolphins not really throwing the can into a you know, after nine games last season as a rookie. Um, this this offseason, Tua really worked on his body, um, you know, trimmed a lot of body fat, really gained a lot more um, mass muscularly, um, and it's really helping him in, in training camp so far. Um, look, he's, he's, he's about to be 21 months removed from the hip injury, so it's almost two years, and, and three years ago he was a talk of football. Um, leading Alabama to national titles, especially after that overtime throw that he had um, in that title game, um, he's 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 got the weapons now. They, the, the Dolphins they, they have some guys who are injured. Um, they might be off to a slow start this season based on the receiving targets that Tool will have to throw to. But um, he's ready to take the next step, man. I think the Dolphins definitely have a good quarterback in him, and I think, yeah, like I said, he he's at a better pace, a better place physically. And that's only going to lead over mentally and on, onto the field for him.
2: I was going to say, Safit, how was the response from Dolphin Nation when uh, they heard? I mean, you know, that was pretty forthcoming to say that he didn't really grasp the playbook last year.
4: Um, you know, the Dolphins playbook, it, I, I cannot definitely understand where two is coming from in that. You know, they had an offensive coordinator and Chan Gailey who worked with the former quarterback here, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a lot. You know, these two guys um, had previous previous stops together with the Jets and Bills before working with the Dolphins here too. So. Um, I can see definitely some of the quarterback um, playbooks, you know, catered to Fitzpatrick through Gailey, more so than it was for Tua. But I think Tua kind of saying that, too, was kind of he didn't want to throw the the O.C. under the bus. The O.C.'s no longer with the team here. The Dolphins have two offensive coordinators now, George Godsey and Eric Studesville, you know, position coaches that are going to lead the offense together. And they're hoping it's a better offensive scheme overall for Tua. But Tua, he needs the RPO. He needs the the run-pass option stuff to – kind of give him some more time to play action stuff to give him some more time and his targets to get open but he's got Jalen Waddle and Mike Kasicki for now these are two you know Kasicki's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league this year he's going to accelerate himself into that Kelsey um, you know Kittle uh, Waller Waller territory there and I think Jalen Waddle we all saw him at Alabama you guys know those games in Atlanta um, once he gets the football on his hands whether it's a return or, or off a slant he can be an electric piece
3: I want to rewind real quick. Safi Dean, USA Today, guys, talking about Dolphins, Falcons, the uh, joint practices down there in Miami. So red zone today, you said the Dolphin defense got to Matt Ryan a couple of times and we did not look really efficient, correct?
4: Yes, correct. And that's just because, you know, the Dolphins have probably one of the best secondaries in the NFL um, with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard at corner um and it allows everything else to kind of play once you have the two receivers on the outside kind of covered everybody in the middle gets to do what they want to do so d-line had some time to get get to ryan there was a you know a couple sacks at least two or three sacks i saw in the two minute drill coming up here um but that's nothing that the falcons can't really you know uh overcome you know come the preseason game or really this season i think ryan's command you, you guys know how long ryan, matt ryan has been there you know he's 36 getting into his 14th season um you know, and his command of, of Arthur Smith's offense and, and what they want to do. I think Arthur's going to try to let him kind of get back to to 2016 when he, when he kind of led the league offensively. Um, and, and if they can get kind of get towards that and depend on really in pits um, most of the way, I don't think the red zone troubles or in the tight area would really bother them as much because you're you're probably going to you know hit those guys from 20, 30, 40 yards out more so than inside the, inside the five.
3: To feed great job, man. We appreciate you joining, joining us today, talking about this and getting us caught up on the latest down there. Uh, we'll watch that preseason game on Saturday night, see what has improved for our Falcons, because we did not look good in, in preseason game number one. Hey, continue the great work, brother. brother. We'll talk to you soon.
5: Thanks. You guys
4: have a good one. I appreciate
2: you guys having me on. Cool, man. So there you go, Carl. If you're just tuning in, day one, advantage Falcons. Day two, advantage Finns. Uh, Again, it does not, as we said, we're not trying to put too much into this, but we're giving you all the information, Carl, that is available so we know what's going on with our team and we'll get a chance to see who we're going to see. I'm not sure what the starters are going to be and how they're going to rotate on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, the
3: most interesting thing that that he said, and I'm not sure if you guys caught it when he talked to to our coach, um, and we'll dive into this a little bit later on, but It was interesting to hear him say that. I haven't heard Arthur Smith say what he said to Safid, and I think it's an eye-opener as far as what this offense is going to be. Coming up, Brad Guzan. He's going to join us talking about Atlanta United guys, three wins in a row, and it was a big one last night. We needed that one. I mean, now all of a sudden, Mm. Mike, you're looking at the playoff standings and you're going – Okay, we, we got a shot. Hey,
2: you know it looked like we were out of this thing, and now we're, we're coming back now. Araujo on Cork one last night, and uh, I mean, you see, I mean, you see the skills. It's just fun to watch as we said to start the program. How Barco looks—he looks like he should—and just to see our team now. I know we got sloppy, and there were some things that they definitely got to tighten up. And we'll talk about Brad and who he was yelling at last night, Carl. But certainly, man, to be. Back to where we've won three in a row, and now you can start talking about the playoffs. Because our season, in soccer equivalent, it's as long as baseball. It just takes 36 weeks. So, we'll see what this team can do, bro. I know that uh, the fans that maybe were like kind of met are coming back in. Saw the crowd get into it last night. I mean, the, the supporters sex is always rocking. But let's be honest. We were pretty down in the dumps two months ago with the five stripes. Yeah, I mean, but they weren't giving us anything to be excited right. about.
3: I mean, that's just what it is. Now, okay, we're, we're seeming to come alive, and I hope it continues. Brad Guzan joins us next.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
3: It is Duke's and Bell guys. Quick reminder: the BetQL network available nationwide on the Odyssey mobile app and website. It's wagertainment for every fan. Morning, afternoon, night—you are one step away from betting info. That, uh, getting your sports tips, guys. Local talent, national experts, all chiming in. Sports betting and entertainment content that uh, for the casual fan as well as the hardcore mm-hmm. betters. Make sure you check it out. BetQL Network only on the Odyssey app. We are waiting Brad Kuzan to join us here in just a few minutes, as we'll talk Atlanta United. If you're just joining us. Braves are on fire, and it's so much fun right now to watch. Uh, Mike mentioned it, not the way you want to end the game, but we end up getting the victory 11-9. We were up 11-3 at one point last night. But this team is just raking, and nobody's raking, I guess, more right now than Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. When you hit for the cycle, Mike, that that puts you in some pretty special territory.
2: I've, uh, I don't think I've ever seen that happen in person. All those games I went to as a kid, I don't think I've seen it come close. And uh, I mean, watching it last night, eventually Don Madley said, "We surrender," and they gave him the intentional walk, uh, his uh, fifth at bat. But yeah, I mean, just something to see. And Freddie, for a lot of people, it's kind of like the exclamation point of pay that man his money. So. We'll see when that contract that we talked about earlier in the program gets done. But, man, the guy is on fire. Riley's on fire. Swanson. You know, we've talked about all the new guys that have been so clutch. You know, and just it's, it's just a good – I mean, like I said, as bad as it felt in May and, and June, obviously the end of all, April, it, it's just so cool to see this team now going for their fourth division in a row and I just think, look, there are years where expectations of World Series are bust, and believe me, you know me, brother. I hold Liberty Media's feet to the fire. I'm not one of these guys like, hey, you know, let's we want a division. There's years when you know Bobby Cox won a division when we should have won a World Series. But this is a year where I just really excited where this team is, and now with this lineup, why not us, right? Why not? We got better pitching than we did last year, to be honest. It's Dukes and Bell. More on the Braves coming up.
3: But let's talk to our buddy Brad Guzan from Atlanta United. Hey, Guz! Man, where you been? I thought we were friends. Oh, he's repping America.
5: <laughs> What's happening, guys? How are you guys doing?
3: Man, we're good, bro. I mean, you know, all this change and all this stuff. We, we hadn't had a chance to really chop it up with you. First of all, congratulations on the win last night. But before we get into that... I guess you're accustomed to change. You've been here from the jump. You've seen some managers come and go. How crazy was this last situation, and where we currently stand now?
5: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Listen, I mean, any, anytime you're in professional sports, it's that's part of the business. It's part of the It's part of uh, it's part of what we signed up for, really. Um, and so, to to go from where we were to where we are now, I think you're you're seeing a little bit more of a, a freedom to allow the guys to go and express themselves and and, and enjoy and not overthink the game so much and, and allow their quality to just kinda of shine through and take over a little bit. Um so that certainly has been uh that certainly has been a, a positive uh that's that's obviously come out of the, the change and the craziness. Um but yeah, I mean it's like I said, it's it was certainly a, an interesting month. Um you know, obviously myself, George and, and Miles being away with the national team kinda seeing what's happening from afar, um, and then obviously to get back in with the guys and get back in with the group, um, you know, the, the, the vibe's been really good. Uh, and obviously to be able to, to get some wins on the balance uh, that always helps the situation, uh, you know. And so, um, yeah, we need to now build on this and, and continue to, to climb up the ladder.
2: I know we want to focus on the good stuff, but I'm just curious, Brad, because as, as Carl said, you've been around, played in, played internationally, played in England. Were guys in the locker room kind of looking around each other like, what the heck is going on here? Was it just, I mean, the practice habits and all the things, obviously the uh, Players Association back the players' uh, complaints.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you know, from from us on the inside, we, we, you know, you're experiencing, you're seeing what's happening daily uh, in terms of day in and day out. Um, you know and so but I, I think ultimately when when somebody loses their job whether it be you know the manager whether it be uh a, any position um there's i think a a level of um shock a level of you know uh, an element of surprise um just because you know ultimately it's it's down to us as players that we need to go and perform and so um when something like that happens of, of course there's there's shock within the group um but i think ultimately um you know if we were to continue on the path that we were uh, I don't think it was going to be beneficial for anyone and so um, the the decision that obviously was was made and then um, you know it's it's on it's on us as players to, to try and turn that around and and so far we've been able to pick up some points but but like I said we're, we're nowhere near where we need to be and we need to continue to climb up that
3: ladder reports are Brad told Hensei man you're tripping okay that's not true. <laughs>
2: That's not true. Did That's mean, not true. Hey, does Brad <laughs> Carl, Carl? Does Brad have it in his come contract? On, on. Uh, hey, uh, G- Gabby, it says right here, like Dorn. I don't run. You can't make me run. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what about Barco, man? Barco looks like he's.
3: This is a dude like we thought he'd be a couple of years ago. Brad, what what are you seeing with his development?
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, he's he's certainly he's he's still young. He's still developing. Um, you know, there's still moments in games when when we. When we need more from him, when we when we you know, we are you know, we're we're pleased with where he's at in terms of obviously scoring goals and, and running with the ball. Um, but there's still more. You know, we, we know that there's more. We know that he can he can give us more. So, you know, our job as as players, as teammates, um, you know, we want to continue to push him to to, to to reach even higher because we know he can. Um and so that's the exciting part, you know, and listen, I I, I think now we're starting to see glimpses of of his of his real quality and we're starting to see more and more of that uh, consistently throughout games and that part is exciting and so uh, without getting you know too too far ahead of ourselves and and, you know putting you know crazy you know expectations on him um, after a a few good games it's um, you know that part is exciting to see in, in terms of what he can bring uh, on a consistent, consistent level. And, and that's what we need now from, from, from him in terms of what he's bringing to the group. And, and like I said, that part is, is exciting because we know it's there.
2: It is uh, Brad Guzan, guys, MLS champion, again, U.S. men's national team. And uh, Brad, we talked about it with Jason Longshore. He says also, Barco, you know, being healthy, to your point, that allows him to do things. How does Joseph look to you? And by the way, Joseph, I loved last night like getting the guys trying to get the tempo going, especially as things were kind of lagging in the second half.
5: For sure, for sure. I mean, listen, we, you know, I, I said after the game, you know, we, we, we needed a, a kick up the kick, kick up the the backside at, at halftime because the first half it wasn't it wasn't great in terms of our intensity, in terms of our pace of the play. Um, you know, we 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 looked uh, a bit sluggish, if you will, uh, on both sides of the ball, and, and and I'm not saying the second half was any better, but um, you know, when you have someone like Joseph out there, you know, pushing guys to. To, you know demanding more out of guys on the field um you know there there's always going to come then that level of, of expectation and, and not wanting to let someone like himself down um, so that part is is always good to see and and then in terms of joseph just in general i mean to, to see him back out there to see him competing and, and fighting and getting that that you know um you know that that ticked off look on his face when he's missing chances that's that's when you know you're starting to get joseph back at his best because uh, he expects himself to score, you know, every game. And, and when he doesn't, that's the, that's the competitive Joseph that uh, that makes everybody else uh, that much better.
3: You know, you're our guy. It's Dukes and Bell. It's Brad Guzan. So I'm not saying this just to, you know, because you're on the air. I said this to Jason Longshore <laughs> the other day, and I was like, people keep thinking Brad's going to fall off, but he hasn't. You've been great this year. And it, I don't think it's been as much maybe as noticed because of the way the season has gone. But how do you feel about your individual season this this year? Does it compare to something? Do you feel like you put in more work? Has it been harder? But you've played really well.
5: No, I mean, well, first of all, thank you. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to to send the payment later on after we <laughs> get off, get, get off, the, get off the, the air. But, uh no uh listen i've always said i'm I'm my harshest critic and and so it's it's nice when when you when you get that praise but uh if if i'm being honest there have certainly been games where where i've needed to be better for the team um there's games um where you know whether it's 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 missed passes whether it's you know saves that i should be making um you know just different little small details and and so um, it, it's it's been okay. I, I wouldn't say it's been great, uh, but with that being said, you know there's there's always room for improvement, right? And so, um, you know, I, I sit down. I'm I'm constantly looking at training, constantly looking at video from games uh, on areas that I can improve and, and ultimately help the team. And, and if if there's something there, then 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 I'm gonna try and find it. Um, and so, I wouldn't say I've done anything differently this year. I wouldn't say um, you know it's it's been any one specific thing. Um, but listen you know when when you go through the change that we've gone through, um, when you go through you know some of the ideas that we had at the beginning of the year uh, in trying to get you know some of our younger players in, in our, our group which is a young group to, to buy into um, that can that can take time and and ultimately it, it probably wasn't going to be the, the way forward right. um, and, and it's not the way forward now in terms of how we're playing you know, tactically. Um, but just trying to help those guys get get on a page that they're comfortable with to, to make them perform at their best. Uh, because I know that if the guys in front of me are playing at their best, it, it makes my job a lot easier.
2: Hey, before we let you go, it is uh, Brad Duzan, our goalkeeper. He's big, Carl. He's bald. He's a mother. <laughs> Whoa! Brad Duzan. Uh, Brad, how great was first off for Miles to have the goal winner against Mexico, and again, as you've played in so many of these battles, and the rivalry, obviously, I mean, it just gets nasty, but to sweep Mexico this year, how sweet is that for you as a member of the U.S. men's national team?
5: Yeah, listen, I mean, anytime you get a chance to play play Mexico, especially in, in finals, and then to, to come away with, with the result in, in, in two massive wins, um, you know, that, that part is, is exciting in itself, and then to have someone like Miles go and score the winner in the, the Gold Cup final, and um, to to have him kind of get a glimpse of of what that means to not only you know the the team itself, but but just U.S. soccer fans in general. Um, I was so I was so happy for him. I, I told him I was I was so proud of him. So uh, so excited for him. Uh, he deserves all the the, the accolades and, and credit that is coming his way. Um, you know he has developed in, into uh, literally a world class defender, uh, and, and to see his growth from. From day one at Atlanta United to where he is now, um, that part's been awesome to see.
3: It's always good to talk with you, man. Keep this thing rolling. Let's try to uh, let's try to get into the mix here. I think we're, we've got some some headway here. I mean, we're, we're moving in the right direction. For, so
5: for sure, for sure, we got to keep that momentum going. Appreciate it as always, guys.
3: Yeah, man. Thanks, Brad. Brad Guzan, guys, here on Dukes and Bell. Um, always good stuff with Brad. And and again, I don't know if outside of those guys in the locker room, Mike, if we'll ever really know if Hines tripping. I don't know, but it, it, the, the, the stuff that has come
2: out was enough for me
3: to go. This guy was, he, it was way over the top. Right,
2: and you heard what uh, Brad said. It wasn't going to benefit anyone if that was going to continue. So it was a nice way of saying it was a hot mess. All right, man, coming up, NFL Blitz is on the way. We're
3: also going to talk to Tony Gwynn Jr., guys, our Odyssey.com MLB insider. We'll get his thoughts on the Braves, Freddie, and much more. It's all on the way here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.